When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Age of Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man. Joining me, as always, is my brother Cooper. Cooper. How you doing, brother? Dude, I am so happy to be back. It's been quite some time, but I'm happy for this, and uh, we get to talk some uh, WWE talk, baby. Yes, sir, as we get to recap the crown jewel. It was pretty good. It was pretty decent. I'll give it that. I actually was quite surprised. Yes. So are you ready to dig deep into this thing? Let's do it. Starting off with the kickoff show, we had the Usos taking on the reformed Hurt Business, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. <clears throat> the Usos got the bloodline rolling by opening with a crown jewel with a victory over the reformed Hurt Business. The current SmackDown Tag Team Champions and former Rock Tag Team Champions set the tone for the WWE crown jewel with a fiercely contested kickoff match. Jey Uso brought the fight to Cedric Alexander in the early goings with a, until a DDT took one half of the SmackDown Tag Team Champs off his feet, allowing Alexander to tag in Shelton Benjamin. The reformed Hurt Business proceeded to dismantle Jey for several minutes before a step-up Enziguri from Jey created enough space to tag Jam, uh, Jimmy back into the match. The bout quickly broke, <clears throat> broke down from there, leading to a flurry of super kicks from the Usos on Alexander and Benjamin, which paved the way for, the, for an Uso splash to Alexander to seal the victory. That Uso splash was was uh, crazy, dude. He went like halfway across the room <clears> to get to him. It's like what? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, eh. I mean, it was okay. It's not bad for a kickoff uh, it was, match. It was good for a kickoff match, but I really think that Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin they are very talented, and I think if anybody could beat the Usos, they could actually do it. Yeah. 
Except I think they're still on Raw with uh, Bobby Lashley, which is why they're able to reform the hurt. Yeah. reform the hurt business. So we really won't see this again but unless was, they it do. It's good to see though. Yeah, unless for some reason the hurt business ends up beating uh, Randy Orton and Art and uh, Riddle for the tag titles on Raw, and then, then they we see it on like you know Survivor Series. Survivor Series. Yeah. When they do the champion versus champion match. Next up <clears throat> to kick off the main event card, we had Edge versus Seth Rollins inside. Hell, NSL. And this oh. was your potential match of the night. Yes, man. It was a good match. I mm-hmm. enjoyed this. Yeah, so we had Seth Rollins and Edge culminating their intense rivalry in a brutal Hell in a Cell showdown in which Edge survived more than, more than won the match. The rated R superstar took it right to Rollins on the onset, dodging an attempted dive through the ropes to send Rollins flying into the cage. Uh, Edge then began to brutalize Rollins, throwing him into the stairs and grabbing a chair rung and looked to lock on the crossface. Rollins, though, managed to block the hold with an elbow to the jaw, paying Edge back for his own slams into the cage and punishing him with multiple chair shots. Rollins even looked for a concerto, but Edge was able to slide out of the way of that. As Rollins set up the set up on the top rope, the ultimate opportunity seized the opportunity by shoving Rollins off the post into the cage, which then sent the visionary drip bouncing off the steel and crashing through a table at ringside. Yeah, that looked like that hurt. That was unbelievable, though. That was great. I, we wanted it to do it again. Just yeah, just we're get, like, can, can not not a replay. Can we just get him to do it again? Do it again. Just, do it again. Just do it again. Not a replay. Just do it again because it was great. Just this next time, put a little more stank on it. That's right. Just really. <laughs> After a miraculous kick out though from Rollins, Edge would beat him down with the Edge-O-Matic on his steel steps before diving from the top rope with a chair in hand to crush Rollins. Rollins caught Edge though by surprise with a pedigree and looked for a stomp only to have Edge counter with a buckle bomb and a spear for a two count. Stunned, Edge looked for another way to end Rollins bringing a ladder and a table but fell victim himself after Rollins countered with a sunset foot power bomb from the ladder to send Edge crashing through a table. The three super kicks from Rollins brought Edge to his knees, but that was not enough for an incensed Rollins as he wrapped his foot in a steel chain for a more vicious super kick. As Rollins looked for one final stomp on the chair, Edge would roll out of the way and hit <clears throat> to hit a chair-assisted low blow. Edge then grabbed the chain to lock in on the crossface, and just when it looked like Seth was going to tap, Edge let go of the hold in search of a more satisfying ending. Instead, he flipped the script and stomped Rollins on the chair for victory. Yeah, man, that was crazy. Like, I think that's the first time in a long time my jaw has actually dropped during a match. Because mm. I was like, did he just hit him with his own finisher? Yes. And then, and then like, because I was like, as soon as he stopped, like, I was like, what is he doing? Like, this is it. Like, Rollins is going to get this match because he just stopped. I was like thinking, yeah, this is not good, but... Mm-hmm. To, to see it in that way, I was like, holy crap. Yes, sir. It's crazy. Yeah, it was an unbelievable match. And you were, you're, it's hard to say that was the match of the night, being how early it was. It was still a really great match, though. It yeah. definitely set a bar that really it was set, hard to reach for a lot of the yeah, other matches. Yeah, it set the tone for the night, man. Mm-hmm. It was like. Like we said, basically, this was the Extreme Rules pay-per-view we should have got <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at Extreme yeah. Rules. But it, I digress. It was still a great match. Uh, I loved how Edge... I just don't like how they kept sitting there saying that this rivalry was culminated in this match. They're both been drafted to Raw. Their paths are going to cross again easily, especially as they try to buy for a spot to go after Big E in the WWE Championship. Oh, yeah. 
So don't, I, I, I just don't like them saying that that rivalry is done. It's not done. We're far from over. I, to me, I think we just reached the pinnacle of the story. I think, and we're we, about to see. Yeah, take we're about another to step. See maybe like a, a triple threat match for the WWE Championship. That would be very interesting. Of course, Edge, we already know, doesn't like triple threat matches anymore. Yeah. Especially with people getting pushed into a match that he thought he earned just for himself. All right, next up, we had Mansoor taking on Mustafa Ali. This one was not surprising to see this actually culminate here at Crown Jewels. Mansoor is from Saudi Arabia, um, and he's been doing very well, plus the, uh, it, the dissolve of their kind of thrown together tag team yeah man i mean this is like this is like putting fire and ice mm-hmm. in a tag team match they just don't mix man yes sir so we had Mansoor could not wait to prove his worth as his former tag partner after mustafa Ali assaulted Mansoor on raw to, to sever their partnership the two former friends exchanged blows until the veteran instincts of ali kicked in allowing him to gain the upper hand after slamming Mansoor into an outside barricade. Ali then locked in a camel clutch, but Mansoor powered his way out of the hold, only to be met with a tornado DDT. Ali began to verbally berate Mansoor in the corner, but it only fired up Mansoor, who blasted Ali with a thunderous clothesline before a belly-to-belly into a ring ring buckle and a moonsault nearly put Ali away. With Mansoor rolling out of the way of a 450 splash attempt, he finally aired his demons with Ali thanks to a flying spinning neckbreaker, from the ring apron for the three count. Of course, then an enraged Ali would then assault Mansoor until a mysterious figure appeared at the top of the ramp to confront Ali. That man turned out to be the Saudi Saudi Olympian uh, Tarek Hamadi, I believe that's how he pronounced his name, who swiftly dispatched Ali with a kick to the head and celebrated the ring in the ring with Mansoor. Uh, and the Saudi Arabian um, Olympian Hamidi is a karate um, semi, uh, not semifinal. Silver medalist is what I was meaning yeah. to say. So he won silver medal in Tokyo for Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's pretty cool, dude. Uh, and, and to actually have him come down to the ring and kind of help him out, mm-hmm. that, that was pretty cool. It makes you wonder, is he going to be like a WWE prospect himself, or is it just a one-time thing? It'll be interesting to see. I, I don't know if WWE has a weird way of having a connection with the uh, Olympians. Obviously, Kurt Angle being the main Olympian. Um, And then, of course, we already know that they already got the wrestling champion from the United States this past year, Tokyo, Gable Stevenson, who is supposed to be making an appearance eventually down sometime in the next year. Um, So, after as soon as he's done with school, I think the... Chad Gable. Chad Gable. Yes, I forgot about Chad Gable. That's right, because we got the Gable Stable, hopefully. I'm hoping for the Gable Stable. Come on, man. It writes itself. Then, of course, I know you hate to, you hate to hear, but Brock Lesnar. I mean, the, they. But was know, he really they, a truly Olympian, though? No, but he was a he was a college res, college wrestling yeah. champion. But yeah, you're right. I guess that's different. I, I was so. I was kind of just sticking with the Olympian. The Olympians, yeah, yeah, because I know I know Gable actually did wrestle yeah. with the Olympic team. Um, Which I thought that was cool when when him and. Uh, What's his name? I don't know. Jordan, whatever his name oh, is. Oh, yeah. Uh, damn, yeah, Jordan. Um, yeah, I don't remember Jordan's last name. I don't remember right now either. I'm drawing a blank. I but almost want to say Jordan Angle I, because they did that I, weird storyline. I always thought it was cool when they came out because I was like, 
It reminded me of Charlie Haas and Gary Hinkle. Yeah. When they were tag team. And they were a badass tag team. Well, when then you won um, Haas and uh, Shelton Benjamin teamed up, too. Yeah. That was a good tag team. That was a good tag team, dude. All right. Next up, we had the rated RK... Well, not rated. Sorry. <laughs> RK Bro taking on AJ Styles and Almost for the Raw Tag Team Titles. The mind games began early as Riddle confused not only AJ Styles and Almost, but also partner Randy Orton by riding a camel down the ramp to the <laughs> ring. <laughs> Once the action finally got underway, Riddle and Orton combined to pick apart Styles, but an errant toss by the Ultimate Bro allowed Almost to tag in. Riddle quickly escaped the Giants' clutches to tag in the Focus Viper. The Apex Predator tried his best to take Almost off his feet, but it did little to face him. As almost hurled Orton around the ring, Orton then slipped away as almost went for a tag, bringing in a fresh Riddle to trade blows with a phenomenal one. After a heated exchange in which Riddle escaped the Styles clash and a tag to Orton, Styles went for the phenomenal forearm to a legal Orton, but the Viper struck with an RKO out of nowhere, followed by a floating bro to retain the Raw Tag Team titles. Man, that, that was just pure fluent tag team wrestling. It was good, dude. And how they went up, went on to win it, I was like, hey, that that works, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, I was thinking almost was going to get involved somehow to to break that up, but mm-hmm. it, it was so fluent, they just, yeah, it worked. Yeah, it went, it went very well for them. Um, I will say this, almost is getting better, though. He is getting better. He's finally not looking so lethargic and lumbering around in the ring. He's actually moving a little bit more gracefully. He's actually doing some more moves, which is making it nice he's not like this one-trick pony. It's it's nice to see that as he develops. I mean, Um, I I like the fact that they bring a a big guy in, but mm -hmm. don't put him on TV if he looks like a robot. Yeah. I mean, the great Kali... But then again, the great Kali's always kind of look like a robot. I mean... Yeah, but he did have a, a, a somewhat legitimate skill set. It was yeah, basically the chop, the vice grip, the big boot. He was a badass, dude, um, especially the, when he first came in. The the double hand choke slam. So, yeah, I mean, he, he did a couple things. When he was first in the WWE, he was scary, dude. Right. Oh, I I loved his battles with Batista. Those were the best. Oh yeah. When especially when they had the Punjabi prison match. That oh, was that fantastic. was cool, dude. That was fantastic. I loved that match. All right. Next up, we have Selena Vega versus Dewdrop to become the first ever Queen's Crown tournament champion. Selena Vega made history at the Crown Jewel as she overcame the much stronger Dewdrop to become the first ever Queen's Crown champion. Dewdrop would use her superior size to her advantage, catching Vega mid-air before pummeling her with a power slam. Vega uh, chopped the tree down with a reversal into a DDT and some vicious kicks to the legs, but Dewdrop would roar back by powering out of a submission attempt and landing a splash on Vega for a near fall. Vega, though, would catch Dewdrop by surprise after dodging another splash and attempt to hit a code red for the win. So, your new and first ever Queen's Crown Champion is... Selena Vega. Yes, Queen Selena. Mm-hmm. That's freaking awesome, dude. This ended up being a better match than I thought it was going to be. I kind of was not really looking forward to this match. It ended up being a lot better than I thought. It was actually pretty good, and I 
I said it, dude. I thought Zelina Vega needed a good a good run. I did not like seeing her as a valet because I've seen what she can do in NXT. And I thought, man, why are they doing this to her? She's, she's awesome in the ring, but now they're giving her her due. I still would have liked to see um, Liv Morgan get the push and be at least in the finals with oh, this yeah. match. Because I think she's earned her, basically paid her dues to have an opportunity to get a push. And that's what I said, at least being this. But of course, then I believe her and uh, I believe her and Vega are both on SmackDown, and that's what ended up leading it. So they picked Vega over Liv Morgan. But still, if we could have had somehow, I've had Selena Vega versus Liv Morgan in the final. Yeah. That would have been a really good it match. Would have been no no disrespect to Dewdrop. She did very well too. But I'm just saying yeah, the I match mean, potential would have been a lot better for for as long as she's she's been in the you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. In the WWE, she's doing pretty good, dude. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm quite impressed, and she's kind of stepping out on her own and away from from Eva Marie and all that stupidness. So, um, it, it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And when are they going to stop bringing Eva Marie back since she's only eye candy? I have no idea, dude. I mean, <laughs> she's ridiculous. like the last of the divas type thing. I know. It's just crazy. All right, in the match that we were not really looking forward to, but didn't end up being that bad, we had Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley in a no-holds-barred count, uh, false count anywhere match. This was actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It actually wasn't. I was kind of surprised. All right. So Bobby Lashley would take advantage of the no-holds-barred stipulation right away by pulling out a steel chain and wrapping it around his knuckles. To try to beat down a steamrolling Goldberg moments in after the at moments after the match began, the Almighty continued to pummel Goldberg with a chair wrapping it around Goldberg's knee, uh, injured knee for a vicious stomp off the top rope. Lashley looked to end the fight with a spear through a table, but Goldberg wisely stepped out of the way at the last second to send Lashley flying through the hardwood. Uh, Goldberg went then uh, got rolling with a spear of his own, followed by a jackhammer. As Lashley reti- retreated out to the outside of the ring. Goldberg sent Lashley through the barricade into the Timeskeeper area with another massive spear. Lashley looked to escape Goldberg's wrath heading up to the ramp to find the rest of the Hurt Business, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, waiting for him with a, with kendo sticks in hand. An outnumbered Goldberg refused to back down, making quick work of Alexander and Benjamin before spearing Lashley off the ramp into the ground below. Goldberg then rolled on top of Lashley for the three count and the victory. The only thing I didn't like about the ambush attempt by the rest of the Hurt Business, he didn't do enough to them to technically take them out yeah. of the final decision. Because to me, yes, the spear, but they weren't so bad off because he did one maneuver to each of them. He flipped one over and kicked the other with a boot. Yeah, And then he speared Lashley. To me, that's plenty of time to regain yourself, run over there, Break up the count and keep the match going, but I, to I, me that writing sucks. Um, I'm just gonna put it out there uh, because, to be honest, at the beginning of this match, uh-huh. Bobby Lashley was kicking Goldberg's ass. Yeah. He was, uh-huh. and Goldberg had to fight back for it. I mean, yes, all those things did happen, but they kind of made it sound like Goldberg kind of bum rushed him and beat him up and. He won the match. No, that wasn't it. Goldberg got his ass kicked in the process. Yeah, he did. The uh, The only thing that ended up working out decently is they didn't have Goldberg 
um, exhausted. Yeah. Because this match did last longer than a typical match for him would. Which we always know if it starts lasting too long for Goldberg is usually a bad thing. We always say that too every time we watch him wrestle. It's like, if it, if it lasts past like two or three minutes, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be bad for Goldberg. Yeah, it usually is. But this time it ended up lasting quite uh, quite well for him. His stamina seemed up enough for him to handle all the... Of course, there was a lot of bit of them taking the time to try to pick each other apart. They weren't really too speed speedy with it so that probably helped but uh it still it wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be so and i'll give him the credit he actually got lashley up for the jackhammer because i was like dude he ain't about get him up because i've seen him try and do it with several other people in the past in the past you know couple matches he's had and he, he had a hard time with it especially if we were to believe his knee is as bad as it was at that point yeah. because his knee supposedly just had Surgically repaired, and Lashley attacked it with the chair off the I top don't rope. That I'm just saying, at all. if your knee's that bad, you ain't lifting a man the size of Bobby Lashley yeah. like that. So, but like we said, and you ain't getting medically cleared that quick to come back. No, but like I said, but like we said, it ended up better than we thought it was going to be. So we'll give it the we'll give them that at least. All right, next up we had the King of the Ring finale. We had Xavier Woods taking on Finn Balor. The childhood dream has come true for Xavier Woods as he overcame Finn Balor to become the new King of the Ring. Neither superstar appeared to gain the edge in an evenly fought match that saw counter after counter. Woods nearly earned a victory after stopping Balor dead in his tracks with a super kick to the square of the jaw. After a ring-shaking superplex gave Woods another near fall, the Prince rallied by catching Woods in the ribs with a flying elbow. As Balor set up for a coup de grace, Woods would roll out of harm's way to hit an enziguri and modified gut buster. Woods then climbed the ropes for another flying elbow that sealed the win. And after the bell, the emotional Woods took his place atop of the throne. It's pretty cool, dude. Uh, what, what did I say uh, a couple weeks ago about this? Yes, we both were kind of like, the, he's the only one out of the New Day when, you know, Big E took the WWE title who hasn't had a singles championship. Or anything, a push as a single yeah. um, um, combatant. And finally, it seems like we're getting something. At least he's got something under his belt now that he can try to build momentum off of. This definitely will help him build momentum. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm really worried about with this is the King of the Ring is not at all what it used to be. You're right it about is that. It's not something that, that is held to a prestige where... Okay, you won the King of the Ring. Now you get a title shot. They don't do that anymore. They just let him run around with a crown and a cape for for friggin' a year, or or a little more, depending on when they did the King of the Ring and how. Well, I mean, it's just stupid because we. And the problem is, is they pick sometimes they pick a bozo, as in Corbin, to be the king. It's just like why. It would have been cool if you picked Corbin to be the king and then he turned around and did something with it, kind of like Nakamura did. Yeah. Nakamura became the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. Like, ugh. Corbin didn't do anything. I mean, really, the last time we had a King of the Ring that was really relevant in a championship was Booker, wasn't it? Because he was World Heavyweight title. Yeah. World Heavyweight Champion and King of the Ring at the same time. 
The only thing I hated was Charmel. Yeah, Charmel. Running King Booker! He's like, shut up! Right? <laughs> You're so annoying with that crap! <laughs> but anyways, so really, I mean, Booker is the, really the last true king of the ring that's ever held a real title. And I mean, not saying the Intercontinental Championship for Nakamura is not a real title. I'm just saying Nakamura was kind of in the midst of doing both at the same time, whereas Booker won King of the Ring, turned around, and won the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. And was World Heavyweight Champion King Booker at the same time. Um, now, if Nakamura had taken the tr- crown from um, Corbin like he did, and then say got the, well, he wouldn't be getting it because no one seems to be beating Roman Reigns anytime soon. But what it went after the Universal and got it from Roman, then, you know, it at least shows some respect. Yeah. Um, whereas we're not really seeing that any other way. Well, maybe this will, this will set him up for uh, Intercontinental title run maybe yeah he is on smackdown again so yeah that's where you'll be having to go after um that'd be actually i'd actually would be cool to see him nakamura and uh king xavier woods yeah <laughs> in um intercontinental title match king versus former king yeah as long as we can get rid of happy corbin right tired of his stupid ass anyways next up the to me what I thought was going to be the potential match of the night, and I felt like it kind of was. Don't get me wrong, the Edge Seth Rollins match was really great, but I I just love this match. <laughs> WWE Champion Big E took on Drew McIntyre. Oh, this was great. The two mammoth men tested each other's strength early, and neither Big E nor Drew McIntyre could take the other off their feet with respective shoulder tackles. The competition spilled to the outside of the ring where McIntyre caught Big E with a belly-to-belly suplex onto the floor. The physicality continued inside the square circle as Big E eventually caught McIntyre for three straight belly-to-belly suplexes, setting the stage for a massive splash from the champion. The two superstars tossed each other around the ring in various feats of strength until Big E landed a big ending for a two-count. McIntyre, though, would answer with a running bulldog off the top rope to Big E, Setting up for a claymore, but the champ would dunk out of the way. As Big E went for a spear through the ropes, McIntyre would slip uh, slip into the ring and made a charging eat Big E with a claymore for a near fall. The two exchanged blows before Big E caught McIntyre running off the ropes, spinning him up onto his shoulders and planting him with a big ending for the one, two, three. Man, I love this match. This match was crazy. This this match, you are quite right. This could have stole. The night, because it was just two big bulls going at it, and it was it was amazing to watch, dude. I mean, and then not only that, but at the end of the match, the respect they showed each other. Mm-hmm. It, it, I loved it, dude. It was a good match. Yeah, I was really hoping we could have seen more out of this potential rivalry that was budding, but as we all know, McIntyre got drafted over to SmackDown. And thus will hopefully be soon in the title picture against Roman Reigns. As we know, will be also a very good match. Because we were teased to this, I believe, at Summer... uh, Not Summer Slam. Survivor Series last year, if I remember correctly, weren't we? It was Survivor Series. We got teased for this match. So when we had a champion versus champion in Survivor Series. And it took a lot for Roman to beat Drew McIntyre. And that's why I'm looking forward to this potential rivalry coming up. But first, we have to talk about the triple threat match for the SmackDown Women's title. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. 
Let's do it, brother. Bianca Belair grabbed an early momentum, showcasing her strength to take down Becky Lynch before lifting Sasha Banks off the top rope and carrying her to the center of the ring, promptly dropping her straight to the mat. Before Belair could continue her domination, the man, though, pulled out of the ring, or pulled her out of the ring and proceeded to go one-on-one with the familiar foe Banks. The two battled, stopping only to knock Belair back out to the back to the outside of the ring, but the EST of WWE would not go away, and Belair made her way back into the ring to hoist Banks up for a KOD before Lynch, though, stepped into the action with a drop kick off the top rope. Big time, Banks attempted to put away both challengers, only to be caught mid-air by Belair and Banks. Uh, after an attempted dive from the corner, Lynch neutralized uh, heated rivals Belair and Banks after they went off. After one, after, went after one another, sorry, with the boss hitting the three amigos. Banks looked for a frog splash, uh, but no one was home, and his Bel Air rolled out of the way. Bel Air began to roll against, uh, began to roll against her two foes as she went for a running back spl- backflip splash. But both superstars rolled out of the way, seeing their opening. Banks and Lynch locked in the bank statement and disarmor. Respectfully, though, they couldn't force the tap out. Because, well, both were holding basically her arms. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to tap out when you're both holding an arm. Beller eventually hit the splash so to break up the bank statement that was slinched on Lynch. It was a fast and furious from there uh, From there, as all three superstars broke up potential pinfalls, one right after another. As the match spilled out to the outside of the ring, big time Bex wiped out the, big, uh, the competition with a flying crossbody off the announcer's table. Uh, Lynch then rolled both challengers into the ring, locking in double disarmor. But the EST of WWE powered out of it by lifting Banks and Lynch off the mat. Before Belair could take advantage, uh, Banks dropped her with a backstabber and went to lock in the bank statement on Lynch. As Lynch tried to reverse the submission, uh, Belair ran in to hit a KOD on the champ. Banks and Belair uh, fought to get over, to get the cover on Lynch with Banks pulling Belair to the outside of the ring, but when the boss went for the pin, the man rolled her up and grabbed the bottom rope for an insisted pinfall to retain her title. Hey, man, no rules, dude. Triple threat. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, no, the ref didn't even uh, see it anyways, but... He looked like he was like, uh, uh, at the end of the match, like he did something wrong, but there was no rules. She could grab that rope if she wanted to. Yeah. So... I mean, it was it was a well fought battle, and she she came out this close. She was close to losing that title, dude. She was very close. Well, she did end up did losing that title on Friday night because she gained the other one. <laughs> yeah, as uh, they had a championship swap on Friday night SmackDown. Well, like we said, was gonna happen. I'm like more than likely, what are yeah. they gonna do here? I mean, so, it only made sense since. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte's now on SmackDown. Lynch is now on Raw. And, of course, uh, Lynch still got to worry about the uh, EST of WWE because she ain't going away because she got to Raw, too. Right. So she's oh. still got that rivalry going on. Oh, and I don't think she's done with her yet. I don't think so, either. But now it is time for your main event. Let's do it, brother. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns in a Universal Championship match. Brock Lesnar looked to uh, look for a suplex early and often, but the newly crowned uh, suplex assist Roman Reigns countered each time, hanging onto the ropes before landing some brutal elbows. Reigns pulled Lesnar out of the ring, bouncing his face off the ring post and keeping the beast at bay with a Superman punch and an unorthodox dive over the top rope to send Lesnar crashing into the barricade. That was a pretty good dive too. I it was. was. It was. You forget how very agile and athletic Roman is until he starts doing that shit. Right? It's crazy. 
It's kind of funny. It's kind of like seeing the Undertaker do it. It's like the, the, them big guys should not be be able to do that. Right? Big guys should not be allowed to fly. Yeah, it's pretty cool though. Lesnar got back into the ring and was met by a spear from Roman for a near fall. After another Superman punch, Reigns went for another spear, but this time Lesnar rolled out of the way to send the head of the table shoulder first into the ring post. The Beast took advantage of a stun Reigns with a pair of suplexes followed by an F5 for a two count on the Tribal Chief. Lesnar looked to end it with another F5, but Reigns excuse me, Reigns' leg clocked the referee in the head as Lesnar dropped the title holder. Lesnar went for the cover and seemingly had the win until he noticed the unconscious referee in Reigns uh, caught a distracted and frustrated Lesnar off guard with a spear. As both men lay flat on the mat looking to Paul Heyman for help, a seemingly torn Heyman threw the championship in between the two superstars, yelling simply, You know what to do. The tug of war commenced with Lesnar snatching the title away from Reigns, only to turn into a pair of super kicks by the Usos. Reigns then battered Lesnar for the WWE t- uh, battered Lesnar with the Universal Championship. I don't know why it says WWE Championship. Covering him for the win. Yeah, man. I know a lot of people might be irritated with this. But I think it's glorious. This is the only time I've ever been happy to see the Usos interfere in a Roman Reigns title match in my yes, life. Yes, because I didn't <laughs> want to see the title go anywhere. And we both know that if Brock Lesnar won that match, mm-hmm. he was going to take the title and go home. Basically, and we wouldn't see it again until probably uh, Royal Rumble. So, you say what you want about this, but uh, finally, finally we get one on Brock Lesnar. Yes. Took too damn long, but I'm okay with that. Me too. Because we got what we needed, and that was the championship stays on SmackDown for the time being, and we don't have it disappearing for was it almost three months right four months almost january yeah about three months yeah so. that's crazy dude yeah it would have been stupid honestly it would it would have been annoying as and, hell and, and this bloodline's going and now he's beat brock lesnar what's gonna happen now you're gonna have to become a scottish warrior <laughs> fan i mean right <laughs> because it's about the only competition left Right? I mean, because they didn't do anything to help um, really give him a challenge other than bringing over Drew McIntyre from SmackDown. I mean, from Raw over to SmackDown. Yeah, it's it's like, this is crazy, man. I'm like, what are they going to do with this? I'm kind of surprised they didn't, like, switch the titles and put the Universal title back on Raw. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, it. I mean, well, then again, either way, though, I mean, the universal title it looks cool in blue. Yeah, I think it looks better than it did in the red. Yeah, and of course, the WWE Championship is still its normal black leather, so it's nice to yep. see as its normal. I'm just waiting for the day they're gonna sit there and go, "Well, we already do it to the tag titles, we do it to the women's titles. Let's go ahead and make the WWE Championship red and the Universal's blue, and then if they switch, we'll just." No one will need to know because it doesn't even matter. <laughs> then there's that, right? Well, I mean, and they will. They will end up probably doing that. I won't see why they wouldn't. And it's kind of the lazy man's way out, but they'll do it. Yeah, because that way, if you switch, all you do is just have the champions. If, you, if they're both champions and switching, they just do another title swap. Here, you're another Raw champion. You're another SmackDown champ. 
That's basically where we're going anyways. Yeah, I think it's really kind of dumb how they do that now. Instead of, like, making the two duke it out for each championship mm-hmm. or having some type of tournament or something going. Or, you know, a, an awesome triple threat main event at WrestleMania where the two titles are on the line at the same time and the winner takes all. Yeah, when Becky you know. Two Belts. That's right, Becky Two Belts, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was fun, too. It was. But, uh, so, it was not too bad. Oh, and if you haven't heard already, um, Lesnar attacked Adam Pearce on Friday Night SmackDown. Is now indefinitely suspended, probably until, of course, the Rumble comes back. Because we all know, as we said, if he took the title, he would have just went away to celebrate. So, he's, he's just, just now. He's just found another way to just go away. For the time being. Yep. We'll see him back in January. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't understand what everybody's obsession is with Brock Lesnar. He is... I, uh, I don't either, dude. That's why I don't... He's a meathead. He gets on my nerves. Yeah. So, but at least now they can kind of keep the storyline interesting between um, Heyman and Roman Reigns and Lesnar, though. Because he didn't technically help either of them, nor did he screw either of them over. So... Yeah, but you got you got to realize there's that tension there. Yeah. Because when he said what he did, when he threw that belt into the ring, dude, yeah, all he said, wasn't directing it toward either of them, which is going to put that doubt in Roman's mind. Well, and let's not forget, earlier in that night, he did have an interview with that one guy he despises, and he said that he was walking out with the undisputed world universal champion, however he says it, uh, Roman Reigns, and then I'm leaving after the match with the undisputed, undefeated, blah, 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 universal champion. But he didn't say who. Who. He just said the universal champion. Yeah. So he was intending to walk out with Brock Lesnar if Brock Lesnar was champion. Well, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, um, You know, Paul Heyman better watch out because... I don't think the bloodline is going to sit too well with what's going on with this. Mm-mm. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens with that. And I'm looking forward to Drew McIntyre. I'm looking forward to what could possibly be going on on WWE's Raw. Because I'm wondering how soon does maybe Orton dump Riddle for a chance to another run with... Rated RKO. <laughs> or maybe another run for the WWE Championship. Another run with the WWE Championship. I mean, he's 14 time WWE cha- or 14 time champion, as I'll put it, because you yeah. never. WWE and Universal or World Heavyweight, he's been 14 time champion. Yeah, and, you know, we could also. You know, it's, and we got a lot of possibilities going on with that. Um, you know, and so I lo- at least what I like is Big E's got good competition, um, and I'm looking forward to it. So. Yeah, I I don't like how they made the blue brand out to look like it was going to be the it brand when it still has fallen short. Well, because you've taken pretty much any competitor and made them useless against Roman. Yeah. You. And now you, so you had to steal Drew McIntyre. But it would have been nice and smart to me 
is not only still Drew, but also to steal Bobby Lashley, because then at least you have two guys who could take on Roman, who haven't really faced him, faced him. Yeah, because even when there's a rivalry, it lasts about three or four months. You can, you can pretty much, with, with those two, maybe throw in a little... Little fling freaking title run here or there, or you know, rivalry here or there. Mm-hmm. You know, you could make that last a whole year, really. Yeah, and also, there's I, I really need to see something. They need to do something for Balor, though. I know they, they got that run with the King of the Ring for an opportunity to win that, and he fell short. Uh, it's frustrating, but he needs his proper run. It's frustrating me because I know Finn Balor is a badass. Mm-hmm. He uh, and what are they doing with him? Calling him the Demon now instead of the Demon King. I like the Demon King. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. Vince and always shortening up somebody's name on there. You know what I mean? Right, Bearcat Lee. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it is weird. But yeah, so uh, well, of course, uh, we'll be back again with uh, baseball, basketball talk. Uh, the Dodgers are not in the World Series, so... Sorry, bro. And the Lakers are off to a very poor start in the NBA season. Ugh, it's not looking good already. At least the Rams are winning. I guess I got that going for me. Right. And the Ducks look decent on Saturday, except for the interceptions. Yeah, so we got that, of course, and then we'll be back with uh, NASCAR and football talk. And basically, we're right. We're not betting against Kyle Larson anymore. No, we're not happening. Not happening. Not happening. And as far as um, splitting the two podcasts and doing AEW on Thursdays, that's not even really going to be able to be possible until Dynamite actually switches over to To TBS. TBS. Thank you, TNT, and your bullcrap with hockey and not moving Dynamite sooner. Yeah. Because that would have just been smarter. Right. So, it's back to wrestling talk on <sighs> for a while. Saturdays for a while. Just somebody shooting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like doing it because it's like, it takes so long to, to, to talk about both. Both companies. Yeah, so the, the reason why we did it in separate because it makes it easier to talk about more in depth with that company. With that company. So, but we do have AEW rumors, and I'm excited for them. Yes. Oh, 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 yes. <laughs> Looking forward to it. And also the potential that WWE may have found another superstar potentially in Saudi Arabia. We'll see. Hopefully. We already talked about it. You already know who it is. It was, yeah. the, it was the karate guy. Um, but it'd be cool if he's willing to do it. I don't know what his uh, you know, his schedule is or if it was just a one-off thing or whatever. But it was at least that's cool to I'm get saying. the honor. I mean, that's, that's really cool, dude. It was cool for WWE to give him the honor of acknowledgement that he... Um, you know, is the is a champion in Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia's greatest karate champion right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a silver medalist at the Tokyo Games, and he deserved the recognition. And 
hopefully maybe it's a an open door for him and of course if he doesn't do it at least he got some cool fame out of it to help out Monsoor because I kind of like Monsoor I just wish they would give him better opportunities stateside but yeah I it was like that meme that I saw of, yeah uh, where he's where he's the uh, yeah. Mark Calloway stateside but in Saudi Arabia he's the Undertaker yeah <laughs> That very was much. hilarious. Of course, every time I think of something that, like that, it always just takes me back to um, A Knight's Tale. How would you beat him? With a stick while he slept. <laughs> but on a horse? With a lance? That man is unbeatable. Yep. That's one of my favorite lines in movies. That and release the Kraken. <laughs> right? Greatest lines in movies ever. I don't care. Can't tell me otherwise. Don't even argue with me. I'm going to be Mr. Technical about it if you do it. <laughs> and he knows how much he hates me being Mr. Technical. Anyway, so that's what we got scheduled for you guys. We'll try to get these knocked out for you as soon as we can and get this all up for you because we got a lot to cover. We're definitely back and rolling and we're happy to be back and we love you guys. Thank mm-hmm. you for listening. Continue to listen. Yes. So that does it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always... Keep on talking sports. Hey everyone, this is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at sportstalk.cooper.bigman. Or you can email us at sportstalkwitcooperinbigman. That's sportstalk, W-I-T, Cooper, the letter N, big man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg, but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Meta Human Affairs or DMA and check it out right now.